Hello, and welcome to some Derps Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I am your co-host, Buddy. And today we're going to do a post-mortem on Iron Gods. But before we do that, Buddy, why don't you let the listeners at home know what we do on this podcast? Well, it's pretty simple. Uh, we like to talk about games. Uh, and because this is the Iron Gods podcast, we decided to get as many of the crew uh, together to, uh, you know, talk about to talk about the game and everything. So, guys, why don't you, uh, why don't you introduce yourselves? Hey, I'm Mark. Um, you may know me as the GM of Rise of the Rune Lords and Beatlocks. And long-time recurring guest on this podcast. Yeah, and who comes on this podcast every time we talk about D&D stuff. All right. <laughs> yeah. I am Nick. I was the GM for Iron Gods. Um, I am a player in Rise of the Rune Lords, and I don't know, maybe I'll come on the podcast more. Hi, I'm Ju. I play Muher in Iron Gods. Okay, That's great. <laughs> 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 um, I'm sorry, so, I'm not as active as all of you in this. <laughs> yeah, awkward silence. My is, apologies. No, we're, we're really good at awkward. I mean, okay. I, I, we probably should have rehearsed that opening a little bit better. Yeah. But this podcast—it's from the heart, listeners. It's from the heart. <laughs> um, so yeah, Iron Gods is over. We've been playing for how long have we been playing? Do you guys remember when we actually like legit started? I think it was a really fall long time. Or two years ago. Jeez, God. Yeah. Wait. Well, because we did take that gigantic break in was the that, middle. Was it uh, like this we past did play summer? for two or three months. No, it wasn't this past summer. I think it was like the October that, that the path got released. Yeah, what? actually, like, what did the path come out? We should probably know that. I think it was fall of 2014. I think you're right. I think that's about when we started. Yeah. But uh, it's been it's been a long uh, it's been a long journey, a long road. Uh, to be Last honest, this fall, is only like not two years ago. Maybe this is only the second or third campaign ago. I've yeah. ever actually finished in anyway. my career. Yeah, it's, it's it's one of very very few campaigns yeah. that <laughs> a lot of them get <laughs> off the ground, a lot of them go for a while, some of them just putter out into non-existence. Yeah, that but, happens. Uh, that happens quite commonly with D and D. Who knew? Uh, but you know, I'm really glad that we could finish. I really liked high level play. Uh, it was nice kind of getting up there, but, uh... It was kind of silly. I had a good time, though. Yeah, well, I really... What I really enjoyed about it, uh, is how, like, kind of raw and hardcore mechanics-focused it was, uh, to a, to a certain extent. Like, I, you know, like, I, you know, as a self-professed theater kid, uh, for a lot of times, it's nice to just kind of, like, stretch my, you know, uh... Uh, rolling power chops. gaming, my my yeah, my rolling chops, yeah. Practice my rolling um, <laughs> in making uh, in making Colbjorn. And yeah, I, you know, I, I thought it was is neat because like we, you know, uh, buddy, you and I played a little bit more traditional martial characters. Didn't get to play with a lot of the tech toys, or didn't want to play as much with the tech toys as much because we were like we 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 punch things or rage at things. Yeah, it, it, when I originally conceived of this character, I had envisioned like a cyborg end, like I was going to work really hard on getting all these cybernetics. But then kind of as we got on with it, I just kind of forgot about that and became all about this public charge tripping <laughs> uh builds which, you know. But yeah, but uh Mark and uh and Jew both um both used a uh, a lot of, of, of that tech tech stuff that you both use a lot of tech guns. Um, Jew played a Technomancer. Um, I think uh, 
Mark, did you did you? I you... started as a tech slinger and I multi class rogue. Went back to tech slinger, multi class rogue, <laughs> and fighter, and then finished up with rogue. So you know, that's one way to do it. Did you, you play the archetype for rogue, by the way? Uh, the whatever. I did. The... I played both of the numeria archetypes. I played the okay. tech slinger and the numerian scavenger. I will. I, I honestly, I did not really keep track of anybody's character besides myself and uh, Atticus. Um, I just kind of let. I I just kind of like trusted that you guys knew what was going on. I never wanted to like figure out what an X laser was. Yeah, so, so uh, it is pure awesomeness, is what it is. Yeah, so so, how did you guys feel about the tech rules, Jew, Jew and Mark, and and Nick too? Since since you obviously used a lot of it from the GM side of the table, shields and robots <laughs> and whatnot. I you know I really enjoyed it. I think it's. It is something you can't just kind of plug and play into a game. Like, I think it deserves its own sort of merits. And honestly, I think it would be fun to do a campaign with only tech and no magic. I think it's definitely doable. Oof, that's an interesting concept. Only tech and no magic. That sounds pretty fun. The tech did frequently either replace magic in a number of spots or work um, fairly, fairly parallel to magic. Um, as sitting on the GM side, there's a fair number of technological objects where it's like, well, this item basically duplicates the effect of the spell. And it's like, okay, yeah. And sometimes they shortcut a little bit with just saying like, oh, it's uh, this or this, it just does this spell or that spell or this list of spells. Yeah, that is actually kind of interesting. Um, Drew, what did you think about uh, the Technomancer Prestige class? I'm just interested. Let's see. I mean, it had a lot of cool things to do. I mean, I could cast extra spells using just extra batteries I had lying around. But, I don't know. I feel like the Keystone Wait, was super... You could yeah. cast more spells from batteries? Yes. He had a limit as to how many charges he could use that way, but oh, he okay. could um, cast That's more actually from super spatters. awesome. And he did that right like, dear God. <laughs> <laughs> I, to be honest, I, I mean, feel like, still, to a certain extent, you were carried us through, ray off that. Uh, through a lot of, like, the later game. Um, I was... I was impressed with how much for a first time for a first time player. Oh, uh, I absolutely. was impressed with how much how much usefulness Muher had uh, compared to kind of his you know level level like three Muher was kind of like whatever. But he I was feel more like... dangerous to the party than he was to the enemy a lot of the yeah. time. <laughs> Excuse me, sir, yeah. but maybe when I see a door, I just I gotta open it. I mean, what's behind it? That was. So, uh, that you know, was no, I think this brings up a, a good topic, which is you know the the unexplained mystery of of the adventure where Jude did everything perfectly. And oh my like, god, that <laughs> was <laughs> a very unexplained mystery. I have no. I, I I liked a lot of stuff about this game, but like that was just like it really stood out because you know some. I, I, I am not the most patient man in the world, and occasionally I, I would get angry at Jew. But um, there was this one, you know, he, he was kind of like dodder along and do silly things. And this one episode, he's like, no, guys, I got this. And he just perfectly ex- – what, what, do you guys remember what, what we were doing for that? Cause he, yes, I do. What, what, what did you do for that, uh, Jew? What, what, what did you do for us that episode or for, the, for that, uh, that, that adventure? Let's see. That episode, we were in – What's it? Starfall? 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. That's right. It was late in the game, but it was just like, what? That was pretty late. Anyway. Fuck. Wait, how did we start it, though? I, I can't remember how that... That started, though. Well, what was great was, like, for most of the campaign, you were just kind of derping around, then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it was just, like, instant tactical genius, and you did everything. You carried us. Uh, I mean, that, yeah. That like, week, we were all like, is, is, is Jew going to be, like, the, the new genius of the party? And then, the, and then, the next <laughs> and then immediately, like, derp! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, was, uh, that was true. Uh, what was, uh, you know, what, what were your guys, like, favorite moments in the uh, in the game? I think the end I actually really enjoyed just because of the thematic kind of content. Because, like, everyone got to do something cool. And then, obviously, the really creepy thing was pretty funny. I really enjoyed oh, that. Oh, God, Mayanda. <laughs> or Cassandra Lee. Yeah, what, what, why don't you tell the audience at home <laughs> the, the, the saga of Mayanda and Cassandra Lee? Uh, so, ju- just so the audience gets, gets the full impact of what was like a, a troll a year in the making. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so, I basically made a waifu. And I spent the entire campaign waiting to do it. So during the very first adventure, the party, um, the end boss of the first chapter was this priestess of one of the eponymous iron gods. And I was like, no, yeah, we have was, to spare uh, her. We got to be good. No, she was a, uh, what's the word? No, that was right. She was a cleric. She was let's a cleric. Be oh. Mark, Mark let's, let's, let's be honest for all of the listeners. You read the first book and you read that paragraph no, that I said, didn't. You 100% Legit- did. You no, I didn't. No, I didn't. Because there's a paragraph in there that literally says, like, if the party chooses to spare her over the next couple of books or whatever, like, yeah, yes, you can. Dude. You know, show her the, the air no, of her ways. Dude. dude, literally, I was trying to play someone who was focused on redemption with like sentient people it was an engineer it made sense no i didn't read the book (laughs) okay whatever you say anyway 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 that that didn't happen so we killed so they killed her and i like creepily snuck some hair like into a locket with sleight of hand and held onto it for like 50 sessions until we came to like a clone pod and along the way, we found an AI in, like, an iPad. So it was basically Siri. I basically gave Siri a body made from, like, the woman that got away by being killed. So <laughs> so it was kind of like that Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix movie, but infinitely worse. The, yeah, this is the worst thing you can imagine. Uh, yeah, I think that actually sets a pretty good tone of, like, what Iron Gods, like, was. Like, it's like a microcosm, <laughs> you know? Um yeah, I don't know. My favorite – I was talking about this the other day. I guess I was talking about this with Mark, but my favorite part was definitely Scrap Wall. Um, I don't really know if it's just because, like, I've been on a gigantic Mad Max trip since Fury Road. But, like, I really liked that whole book. I it, like, really hung together from beginning to end. Uh, and I felt like, uh, you know, there was uh, – it was one of those places where, like, <clears throat> it didn't feel almost – it didn't feel like a D&D campaign to a certain extent. Like, it, it felt like – like I actually I got like I actually to... got immersed in it for you know like the most uh, for Scrap Wall, which is why I enjoyed it the most. Though I did get fucking what happened to Garmin Ulrith? Ulrith, we killed I him. Won... Didn't we? No. no, no, he's the one who got away, and I was gonna yeah. have him come back, and then I never did. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> in part because Buddy walls. so expected him to come back that I was like, you know what? He doesn't matter. 
It was such Why a big. It, it was back? such a big thing for like I, you know I was truly I was trying to find like a really good reason for you know like hardcore apathetic uh, chaotic neutral Colbjorn uh, who just you know wants to fight guys uh, to go on this hero mission right you know and so tracking down this dude who he's just always fucking hated to go like actually beat his head and i was like yeah that's a good that's a good motivation i'm really in character for that and we just never found him <laughs> and every time we went somewhere new you happened to mention oh hey i, is I he was always here? like hey and i look for this guy oh. nope he's not there <laughs> God, so frustrating he's in another the biggest castle. cock block the biggest cock block so, of my dnd career <laughs> <laughs> so I think my favorite book was actually, surprisingly, not book four, but book six. I really liked the Mega wait, which Dungeon. One was, wait, which one was book four? Book Scar four was of the, the Lovecraft. Yeah, 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 that was Scar of the Spider. Book four wait, was why, Scar of the Spider. Why would we expect that to be... Because it's Lovecraft and shit. I don't even really remember. Really? Yeah. So the thing is that it was all full of aberrations um, that were all these weird horrendous monsters which is of course what mark always goes in for and adds to every single one of his campaigns that's true i i think of i i think i have just like a when i hear lovecraft i think about a separate thing uh than than the, the to, to me lovecraft he, he thinks is of always a penis about, boat <clears throat> a lovecraft dude i God remember it. how it started now <laughs> um well because uh when i when i think lovecraft well, I, I, when i think lovecraft i think of like the uh you know, like the real, like hardcore, like existential horror, uh, and well, that's uh, not really Pathfinder Lovecraft, though. Yeah, no, I, I know exactly. I that's I, that's what I'm saying. Like when I think of Lovecraft, I'm thinking about it in those kinds of terms, um, rather than the. Uh, you kind of can't really do that in Pathfinder. I'm of the opinion because Pathfinder is just fundamentally like a hero story. Uh, where you, you know what I mean? Like, cool though. Love, Lovecraft should theoretically be about like, you know, the fear of your ultimate meaninglessness and like lack of power, right? But Pathfinder is inherently, systematically not that. As you play Pathfinder, you get better and better and better, uh, and stronger and stronger and stronger until you can just fucking fight Cthulhu, which kind of runs counter, uh, to, yeah. uh. One is Grim Dark, the other is Noble Bright. Yeah. Um. um no, I and but you know I don't think uh, I, I th that said I don't think it's all that wrong to reference it this way. I don't I totally yep. see what you mean. I'm just saying this is what I think of in my head when I hear that. Uh, so so Jew, why, why don't you tell us about your excellent adventure since you've remembered the details? I remember we were in Starfall. We had just recently arrived. We had killed some drug dealer or something. We walk into the market. There's a guy selling a really cool item that I want. But it's way too expensive and I can't get it. And just as we're, when we're about to leave, an officer of the Technic League walks in and tries to basically, I think, magic mind control it away from him or something. Yeah, and we suggestion see that, something like that. Something like that. And it fails and it breaks out into a fight and we quickly kill her and take her shit. We get her Technic League oh, yeah. badge, and then I bluff my way through the entire Technic League compound into the, like, uh. second-in-command. <laughs> that was super funny. <laughs> so, second-in-command's office. Oh my god, that was great. That's right, and then we teleported him out. And then she immediately notices, knows who no, I am. No, she teleported you guys out. She teleports all of us. Wait, no, I stealthed the rest of the party with me. Yeah, that's That's the, right. 
That's right, because we, we teleported the, the Barbarian King outside the compound. No, 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 no. that was before this. Oh, that was no, that before was, this? That was Second later, in yeah. Command okay. teleports us out and is like, who the hell are you? I didn't like her anyway, whatever. You want to work with me? I want to take down the leader of the Technic League. He's crazy. Dude, we go... actually... Mm? Go ahead, go ahead. No, you're good, you're good. Actually, we had to plan to kill the king who the Technic League is controlling. I, that worked out so well. <laughs> I decide to be decide to take over the role of the guy who delivers the king's drugs while stealthing the entire party past all his guards. Oh my god, that was and such as I go to hand session. off the drugs, I dimension door all of us but Felox, who disappears out. Everyone else dimension doors out, and we kill the king all by himself. It was so perfect. It was amazing. So basically, they they go in, they kidnap the king, I'm left alone, and I shoot a rocket, which I have a cape that lets me vanish and fire, to turn invisible, to run away, because I knew I would make a reflex save. That was a great, great thing. (laughs) I, I really liked I really liked all of Starfall. Uh, I was really I was really into like those uh, uh, you know I, I liked kind of like the technically politics and I thought that we like played those dungeons pretty interestingly. Um, yeah, Nick from, Yo, from that the DM castle st- looked difficult though. Yeah. Yeah. Nick, it had Nick, everything. <laughs> Nick, I'm really glad we got past that. How 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 was one? How did it? How did you feel about that resolving? And two? How was that supposed to play out? Were you just supposed to like slog your way through like a thousand guards to the throne room? Well, um, the thing is that book five, more so than most of the other books, was more sandboxy. It had a couple of things that were kind of set, and then there were just two big dungeons, castles, or whatever, and you were supposed to just kind of make it up as you go along. Um, The castle in particular, um, it kind of set it where it was like, okay... There are a number of rooms that are open to the public and a number of rooms that are off-limits. If you get caught off-limits, it raises the alarm. Um, but you could basically basically walk up all the way to the throne room in order to speak to the king. Uh, and so you did. <laughs> <laughs> but what and, happens then? That room was packed. Um, technically... If you guys fight the king in the throne room with all the people all around, you're supposed to get to this huge brawl and actually fight all of them. Uh, In theory, one of the things that was supposed to be an option was for you to challenge him to a duel. But because of the setup beforehand, that didn't really make sense. So instead of him and, like, a handful of his, like, best buddies in, like, a 5v5 duel... Or you select a champion versus him and go one on one. It Oof, was that would have been interesting. I wonder if I bet Colbjorn could have done it. I bet Atticus might have been able to do it. Yeah, he if you remember, strong. he killed you before you killed him. I don't That's remember. Right. But okay, he was strong as fuck. I yeah, remember that like, shit. He killed. I'm pretty sure it was Colbjorn. I know it was one of the party members, and then you retreated to a back alley after you killed him. And uh, Severn, Breath of Life to you. Or no, not Breath of Life. Uh, Ultimate Mercy. The, the Mercy, yeah, 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 the Mercy. So you weren't really dead for very long. It would probably be reasonable to say that uh, you. it was kind of like 
emergency medical resuscitation um, after a cardiac arrest because you sort of live for a couple minutes after you die, so to speak. Hit points are an extraction, everybody. That's all. (laughs) Um, Or at least, basically, you die in some respects. Your heart stopped, but your brain didn't die yet when the Sifrin brought you back. (laughs) But yeah, Dimension Door, hell of a thing. That was so real. I can't believe that worked. Yeah, it was, that, was, that was amazing. Part of it was also that I was already kind of flying by the seat of my pants since uh, the section that went before that when they snuck into the technically compound and went to... Uh, I should remember her name. It's the second um, command. The second in command. Um, when you reached her, I hadn't fully prepped all of that stuff. I had the maps, but I hadn't actually put all of the NPCs and monsters and other things on the map yet. So I kind of was like, well, uh, well, shoot. Let's just roll with it. (laughs) Um, Also, at that point in time, you hadn't done anything to really raise the alarm in the city. So there wasn't really a reason for the Technic League to really suspect you at that point in time. But yeah, shit was crazy. That was a really great session. Just (laughs) for the amount of stupid shit we did that succeeded. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I was a fan, a really, really big fan of the mutation Oh God! Oh my! <laughs> that was right. That was that another was a amazing great. session. I think we wasted an entire session on that. That, shit. Was, a, that was a great session in like the context of like we'll talk about it or whatever. But like actually thinking about it, it was so dumb. Like it was, was really dumb. So it makes a good story. Though. So yeah. for the listeners' reference, uh, back in the third book, uh, they went to a town called Yadinve, where uh, they were given some indication that there was an important technological bit that they needed to find to get some information to fight the big bad. And in the basement, they also find a mutagenic... That's when when Sivrin was still Barry. Oh my god. No, that was like when he started to not show up. That was at the cusp of... That was one of Enoch's first sessions, if I remember correctly. So for those of you listening at home, we actually had a replacement of a PC, but not in the way you'd think. You see, we had someone else just start playing that character, like, on a whim, and then they became the actual, like, permanent one. Yeah. <laughs> that was uh, that was probably one of the better ideas for, like, the health of the game. Um, yeah. Because otherwise, like, I think we were in some danger of, like, that petering out kind of thing and uh, and getting Enoch and having him be, you know, consistent. Um, and not only that, but it's Enoch. So Enoch was super exuberant. Um, unfortunately, he can't be here tonight because he has to go learn something or something. Uh, but uh, Take he, classes. Learning so that, silly. That was at the beginning oh, of, of, of his D&D career. So he was he was always hype. To play, so you really put put a, a kick back into the campaign. I think. Also, yeah. To be, to be frank, I think he played the character of Sivrin as Barry wrote it better than Barry did. 
<laughs> you know, I think I honestly kind of think that this is a little bit of a holdover because we had another game before this that did, in fact, peter out, uh, where we were playing skulls, uh, skull and shackles, and Barry in that game was playing like basically like a grad student who had never been in a fight before, and so was he was worst. absolutely useless. Right? That entire um, campaign was fucking cancer. I one hundred percent disagree with you, but anyway, um, <laughs> Monte, the no. the, uh, <laughs> the I, I I think the backlash on Barry may have made him kind of overcompensate by not playing Severin at all. You know what I mean? Because uh, we gave him so much shit for Fortis. Um, did, did you really feel that strongly about Skull and Shackles, Nick? I I I love that game so much. I yeah, like. Uh, I love the first couple of sessions. Did, 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 what, were, was the party just not shaping into what the the campaign Taylor, demanded of Taylor it. was pretty oh, bad. Oh, there's Taylor. Taylor was cancer. Like, it was so, basically me and Barry. I, I think, think we kind of saw that. Yeah, I think you and me might have positive interpretations because you and I were playing fairly straightforward. We, yeah, we were the, playing good, ca- good There characters. were four characters <laughs> in the campaign. I absolutely hated two of the characters, and then uh, out of character, there was a little bit <laughs> of shit going on with the other two players, and then yeah. uh, combine that with the fact that when Skull and Shackles shifted from book one to book two, it goes extremely open sandbox, and it doesn't give you any maps whatsoever, and I was trying to get my shit together, but between the not liking the party and struggling with how big the sandbox was and how much I had to do to get the sandbox into shape. I think if I had been doing that in person, it probably would have been better. But um, for online, I wouldn't want to run Skull and Shackles again. Uh, that, so, so, so that sounds like sessions a... uh, were super great, though. Like, yeah. I, mean, th- th- I think I think it was a really testament that we like we kept everybody would get in mumble that night, you know, and then it would just be like, "Hey, do you guys want to play Skull and Shackles?" It's like, yeah. So we ended up playing like three or four nights a week for like two weeks in a row, and that you know, like we were so into it, it was so immersive or whatever. Um, and it, to a certain extent, I definitely see what you're getting, I, I, and I, I think wrote... that uh, it could have. Uh, you know, like it, it, it could have gone kind of off the rails, but because we kind of ended it where we did, it it created this really nice capsule in my mind for just like. Uh, I wrote a two page thesis <gasps> on how harpoon should work. Oh my god! Oh, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yep, uh, anyway, sorry, I interrupted you, Mango. What 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 did you what were you saying before? Oh, I was gonna say it. It sounds like we need to at some point make a road trip. And and all meet up and run the whole thing in one go, right, guys? That sounds so, let's do it for Gen Con. <laughs> Gen Con, so, no, we, we have to do other things at Gen Con. But uh, fun facts: I actually paired an entire Skull and Shackles campaign with my other friends in college, and it just didn't work because they took some adjusting to D and D. So we the campaign ended up like falling apart. But I would probably run that again. I've got all the kit. I've got the kit for it. I would love to uh, to play in. Uh, another skull shackles. I, mm. I just I love the I I just love that. Uh, I love pirates. I love Why? pirates. I I love. I have so many characters that I feel like really fit in that mold oh, really I, well. I would just want to run Ralph again. I actually think I I would like Buddy to run that game. I think he would be because it's so sandboxy. It kind of gives him room to fill in the edges of the map, That's which true. seems to be I, what I, he I, enjoys I'm, doing. I'm a gigantic fan of that. Um, but anyway. But anyway, get, getting back to Iron Gods, um, <laughs> dreams of future campaigns aside, um, 
You know, you all kind of talked about your favorite moment. My, my favorite moment. This is gonna sound kind of cheesy, but it was it was absolutely the the final fight because it, you know everything kind of worked out kind of in a very picturesque way. The music selection was absolutely perfect. That was great. Like it's it started with 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 uh, one winged angel or the Sephiroth song from from Final yep. Fantasy, and uh, and then you know it, as the fight turned, it turned into Save the World from Undertale, um, and then and I just thought that that was perfect. Um, and then, uh, just the fact that, like, for whatever reason, the god didn't have immunity to, like, my grapple shenanigans, um, and my, uh, like, just the ability for us to just kind of, like, like, I grabbed the god and held him in place, and that kind of stuff, and just every, I think everybody's mechanics kind of came out, and everybody got to do something cool, um, you know, like, Ju got to, like, send several, (coughs) several digital angels to, to different planes, uh, Felix got to shoot a bunch of stuff. Uh, Sivrin got to heal some guys. You know, all, all... actually, <laughs> you know, this like is the... the stupidest thing. But I'm actually a little butthurt that I didn't get to kill the Linorm King. I think that is like the perfect <laughs> end. That is the perfect end to Kolbjorn, right? The, there's, there's the there's the Linorm, right? We kill the the Linorm, and Kolbjorn goes and becomes a Linorm King in the adjacent, you know, land of the Linorm King section. Like, and I, as soon as I saw that, I was like, "Oh, this is so perfect!" And then fucking Felox kills him. And I was like. God damn it. Like, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it wasn't a real Linorm, so you couldn't have... So, the other thing is just, like, I'm so close to saying, hey, remember that first, first boss we fought? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I only think... I actually just thought of that now, but at the time, I definitely would have said it. <laughs> the cock black of all, of all cock blacks. But that was a great fight. I think just, like, the very last round was probably one of my favorite DD yeah. moments. Because it was basically the two bro- two sets of brothers and Muhair. Muhair is like busy holding back these hordes of guys that are gonna wreck us. And Sivrin- was also a dragon. Sivrin runs to my. I I was down because I wanted to save my waifu, and then Sivrin comes, gives me the lay on hands I need to get back up. The two brothers are fighting it out, and then I finish it with the snipe. That was that was really cool. That we all kind of came together on that very last round to hit the boss in our own way. Yeah, no, it was it was it was amazing. Uh, I I don't know. I that that campaign had a very satisfying ending. Yeah. Um, what what about what about you, Nick? What was your favorite moment from from behind the screen? My favorite moment. Yeah. Um. Hmm. What went perfectly for me? <laughs> <laughs> Where did I shit on you guys the most? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I like. Uh, the, I, I feel like. I feel like. Uh, uh, dude, what about the time you had like the extra enemies in that secret oh, man, underground cave? Like and they summoned the dude... more demons. Oh, that was. Sad. <laughs> that... I got so buttered no, about that. Dude, that no, I'm that was worst... funny, but no, I mean the guy with the uh, the like arc rifle. No, the worst like... we got wrecked was when oh that one those bats or whatever just like ability drained us to death. Like and I died twice <laughs> at one fight. Oh, oh yeah! Oh the, the trap! The trap! That Man, was I have so I that have no that was... recollection of this. What's this so, was in the sixth like, book the fi- near the end this on is the I'm like... security deck. Oh, and, it was the clone room. Um, the this is where they got the clone room right before they made the clone of Cassand or clone of Meanda to put Cassandra in. Please, and to. 
And they walk into the room and they get this ambiance that is just all uh, filled with horror. And, and then... out of character, I'm like, it's definitely a haunt. But yeah. then Jew goes up and I'm just like, yeah, Jew, why don't you know what? Yeah, it's safe. Why don't you go do that? They go in and look around. It's like, okay, there's something going on here. Uh, Is there undead? No. They look all around. There doesn't seem to be any undead. And then they go up. It's like, okay, there's definitely a haunt in the room. We can't find anything else. There has to be a haunt. What is there that could be haunted? Well, it's probably that big, huge technological artifact sitting there in the corner. Um, It has to be haunted. Okay. Hey, uh... Muher, why don't you go climb in the machine and uh, turn it on? Get some surgery implanted <laughs> and shit. You have all these technological uh, cybernetics that you want to implant. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. That sounds like a great idea. And then uh, <laughs> Felix was just thinking to himself, uh-huh, okay, he's going to die. And then it he's going like, to die. Ha, 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 ha. And then and it then turns I get, out like, that the destroyed. hot spell is weird which is an AOE uh, phantom killer. And the only one in the room, because they're all in the room, the only one in the room who fails is Felox. (laughs) (laughs) That was my favorite. And he just instantly dies. But then, but wait, there's more. And then there's more. Severin raises me, and then the actual ghosts show up. Yeah, because there were still undead. They were just hiding in the walls on the floor, and they all came out immediately after the trap was triggered. And that was a fun fight. I nearly wiped you guys. That was fun. (laughs) And it was supposed to be a pretty easy one, too, but because you guys just kind of walked right into the trap. Yeah. No, yeah, that was that. That was that was. Even though it almost wiped us, and it was particularly draining. It, it would. It was. It was that a was, neat thing. That was a satisfying fight. Yeah, because if, if I remember correctly, I think we didn't think it, we didn't figure out it was a haunt. But we were like, it's trapped or something. Like we figured out there was something happening, but we didn't quite put our fingers on it because if we knew it was a haunt. I mean, we could, we could have Mark, just had, like, Mark uh, and I had my, this my GM understanding. Sense. My GM um, sense was tingling. What it was okay. <laughs> like that's just the way Paizo writes their haunts. I'm like, mm, I know it's here. I can't uh, okay. do anything. Um, but anyway, but yeah. Um, any any other uh, highlights? I I thought of a, a couple more. Uh, my 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 appendage. One of, one of my. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, that, that's not really a highlight. Or you know, that's that's like a ten second thing, right? You have a laser penis. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't think we finished the story Shut about down. the half orc. <laughs> hmm. I don't think we finished the story about Felox becoming a half orc. Oh, oh right, right, with the right. mutations. Oh, God. Okay, yeah. so as we were saying at that point in time, uh, we were in Yananve in the wreck that was under the town um, looking for some information um, about how to fight the big bad. And at the end of the dungeon, they find all of this mutagenic gas, which had kind of been polluting the area, and they needed to deal with it to make the area safe for the humans to not get horribly mutated when they drink the water like is happening in Flint, Michigan. Uh, in any case... <laughs> wow, um, oddly topical. <laughs> uh, in any case... Pies uh, <laughs> In any case... Uh, I happened to show them, it was like, well, they're like, well, what does the mutagenic gas actually do? And I was like, well, it applies the mutant template to you. Well, what does the mutant template do? Well, you get a randomly assigned bonuses and randomly assigned penalties. 
And then I just show them the list. And it's like, some of these benefits look awesome, and some of these penalties don't look bad at all. Why don't we try it? I'm going to go in, get myself... Um, I'm going to purposely fail it so that I can... Uh, mutate. Mutate. And, and it'll be my great. And then you get two absolutely worthless benefits and two horrible penalties. And you're just like this... And that's why I went again. ...thing on the ground. Just like, <gasps> kill me! <laughs> kill me! Uh, and then and in I the end... The, the thing is that if we raised him from the dead, it wouldn't get rid of all of his mutations. He would keep the template if he just raised from the dead. So instead they had to reincarnate him in order to prevent him from being a horribly mutated monstrosity. And he happened to get half work on the reincarnate table. <laughs> it was good. Yeah, um, Manga, what was uh, what was your favorite moment? Did you say something yet? Yeah, yeah, I, I said the the end fight. Oh, right, yeah. You but but, but I did have a couple other highlights I wanted to point out. Um, one was 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 in the scar of the spider. There was like a nest of 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 uh, of of bee creatures, and the queen was trying to escape. And simultaneously, Muhir was Muhir was like flying after her at like the the speed of sound. <laughs> they weren't bee creatures. They were Migo. Oh, they were Amigo. Okay. Were they really Amigo? Wow. Yes, those oh, were Oh, yeah, this was great. Yeah, yeah this was great. Was, yeah. was flying at her at the speed of sound. I was tumbling through the rock walls. I remember that. Just <laughs> just like, try, like trying to cut her off. And, and you know, eventually we hit this, this area where it's like, uh, Muhur has a wall of force up and he's like dueling this, this Amigo. Well, I'm, why in, uh, in, this is also around the time I think that I gained the ability to turn into an Andrew Sphinx. Um, and so I'm standing on the other side of that wall, like snapping in Andrew's Sphinx form, ready to ready to pounce if I need to. Um, I was just like very tense because it looked like she was going to get out, and we we had a couple enemies teleport out on us um, a little bit earlier in this particular. Uh, <laughs> that particular... was a good moment. Too. Yeah, um, but just you know this this kind of like everybody like. You know, like, Muhir's like, aha, I have mechanics. And I'm like, aha, I have mechanics. And so we're just rapidly doing, like, the, the dumbest things that we can, like, trying to tunnel through walls and, 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 and zoom around. I don't know. I, this was, like, very, very uh, fulfilling to me, I guess. So how did you guys feel about the power curve, like, in the game? I know Buddy mentioned that he really enjoyed the high-level play. I always felt like, I mean... <laughs> I, I it almost kind of became a meme where every time we would level up, I would say about Colbjorn, this is like this is where my build really turns on or whatever. And I actually think that that you know uh, is kind of endemic of the power curve, right? Like that middle section, uh, you know, kind of levels, I don't know, six to twelve or whatever. Every level, I felt like I was just getting better and better and stronger and stronger, and there were no dead levels for me. Uh, and I really did enjoy that. I thought that that was a really great uh, power. Honestly, I I think Brawler might be one of my – I could totally see myself play a Brawler again. Because, I, you know, as I was going, I like this drip, trip build a lot, uh, but I think that there's room for a very disarm-heavy Brawler uh, with other styles like Jabbing Style. I think there's room for, like, the Grappler – uh, kind of brawler. I'd love to dive into some of these archetypes, uh, like the Captain the, uh, America archetype. The yeah, like the Captain America archetype, uh, like the Strangler 
uh, archetype. Like I, I really loved that class. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was great. So I don't know. I don't know how you guys felt about my power. And then the late game. First of all, late game, I was doing ridiculous damage because pummeling charge is awesome. Um, but uh, I wasn't even doing the damage I was supposed to be doing because I didn't have power attack turned on. Uh, I took power attack, but I never updated my macros until the very mm. last session to add the plus 10 damage on each individual hit it would have given. Like, are, are you kidding? That would oh have my been God. ridiculous. Um, <laughs> so... That is, uh, that is, uh, I guess, how I feel. Yeah, no, the, I, I thought that the, that you, you did some, you did some really cool stuff too. Like, just like, well, I need this feat, so I have it, and you know, just, just that, that kind of perfectness of, of initiation in some cases was, 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 was really cool. Oh, flipping the dragon. That might be my also single good. individual moment. <laughs> the one where, you know, because there's the undead dragon, this big dragon lair, and, uh, you know, we pummeling charge it, and then I key throw to suplex the dragon behind us, and everybody just starts <laughs> wailing on it with attacks of opportunity. Ah, that was great. That was a great moment. So, who was everyone's favorite other character? Just thematically or mechanically? Any of those things. You mean in, in, in the party? Yeah, in the party. Well, in, in the party and an NPC. Both. Let's go with both. Uh? Huh. I liked Atticus. I thought Atticus was great. I thought he was, uh... He was very consistent. Um... It almost... It got to the point where I was almost acting out of character to a certain extent because I really... Because Atticus was so in character. There were a couple of points where I wanted to go really ham on Colbjorn with like intimidate and stuff. Uh, but I just kind of couldn't bring myself to do it because it would have ruined the kind of diplomatic thing that made Atticus great. Yeah. Well, I, I think that kind of fell off towards the end, but th thank you for the, uh, the recognition. Yeah. I mean, there's not much that anyone could have done. Uh, uh, the, the, like there just wasn't much diplomacy to be had yeah. uh, at the end. I guess there was the point where we convinced the, uh, the, the people to, the, the, uh, to stop worshiping unity. That's kind of, <laughs> oh, oh, no, we, we had a, we had a, or, oh, or we, we, ha we had a civil debate with, uh, with the androids who hated technology, <laughs> and we convinced them that even though we use technology, we could have differences of opinion and just walk away without fighting. Yeah. It was like, oh, good day to you, sir. Good day. Um, that was pretty good. <laughs> um, but uh, to, to, to kind of complete the circle jerk, I, I really liked the brother dynamic that we had going. So I, I think my, my favorite character was, was, was Cole Bjorn. Just the, the the whole just at the, the more that like any we, we kind of tried to flush out our backstory the dumber it got dude the the attic the the fact that we're both named the, the Atticus, Atticus Colbjorn boss is like my favorite detail <laughs> and yet you won't let, you so won't let funny. someone name their character after one of the players in the party that's just, that's just for logistics reasons that's just because every time oh, I say okay. Enoch I don't want you I I wouldn't want you and Enoch to both be like. What? Uh, you know what? what I mean? Like that's <laughs> that would get so frustrating. <laughs> and you don't let people name their characters after celebrities. But yeah, just just that whole kind of like you know, oh, and and we're twins. One of you's a half orc and one of you's a human. Yup. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was quite yeah. the orgy. That was quite the orgy.
And you know, it, at one point, I think I was strongly considering having you find your mother at some point somewhere in the campaign. Probably my initial plan was Scar the Spider, and you'd find both of your fathers, and they'd have been horribly <laughs> infested with the aberration bits. And uh, I think I was even going to use. Uh, Kerrigan from StarCraft as the image for your mother. Oh, oh wow, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, man. That would have been real. But I couldn't feel like I did enough. I, I couldn't do enough justice for it, in my opinion, so I didn't end up throwing it at you guys. Like, if I can't do it right, I didn't want to do it at all. I think my favorite character was Felox. He just yeah. had so much silly shit, man. Oh my god, he got a cape that just allows him to disappear in any fire attack. It, at the end, he just disappeared right in front of people. It's like, nope, you don't see me. Might as well be a Jedi. Ooh, these are not the droids you're looking for. Pew, 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 it, pew. It was, it was quite entertaining. I, you know, I actually in a second Atticus, I thought... Atticus was... I thought everyone's character was very good, but I liked Atticus just because the character concept was interesting and the fact that he turned into an Androsphinx for, like, the back half of the campaign was just hilarious, because I never... I probably wouldn't have let that happen in my games. That was... That that, that was... Like, props to Nick. Like, damn. Yeah, that that Androsphinx was nuts. And just the displacement tanking, I... You know... Now that I look at it on paper, I get it. But at the time, you know what I mean? Like, I, it never occurred to me in my life that that would be, like, an effective way to tank. Um, yeah, I, w- I went from dying nearly every fight to, like, being near unkillable. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that- no, I think also a good amount of that was just good luck on your part with calling high lows. Um, uh, I, like, you know, I, I know Nick likes, likes to complain about my, my, my luck skills, but I think, that was, more of that that was was per- I think more of that was perceived in a lot of cases. Um, I think I actually had, if you look, went and looked back at the data, I had probably about a 50% success rate, maybe like a 52% um, success rate. The thing rate. that I think is that um, it's more powerful than it looks on paper, just from like a design perspective. Because even if you have a 50% success rate, right, that means that half of the attacks on a full attack don't hit you, yeah. which means that the burst you take is very low comparatively um and so what it what it comes down to is you are soaking you are soaking better because you could spread the damage out over the course of a fight better and get healed in between uh these uh uh you know in between these rounds to make that you know what i mean like i think it is better than just straight regular tanking for that reason um except maybe like like a hardcore fighter could probably uh yeah, like a hardcore shield fighter could could get up there, but that's you know, um, yeah, no, and and you know, I I really enjoyed the class for a lot of those reasons, right? You get a lot of cool tools to screw around with. You've got a lot of mark, kind of like the uh, like so so the magus is kind of like a you know you this mix of of magic and and martial, and the and the blood rager is very much like that as well. Um, and I really like the mechanics that I got with with my archetype, which kind of let me free cast spells when I did combat maneuvers. So it really let me play around with a lot of systems. You know, there were there were basic full attacks, there were grapples, there were bull rushes, there were charges and overruns, there was spell casting while all of that happened. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and for for somebody like me who who loves obscure, stupid rules, um, that 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 was just like the perfect experience for me. Um, you know, and, and and even it's like at the very end, it's like, well, we can't hit this thing, so I guess I'll cast magic missile. It's like the raging barbarian can do that. I don't know. I, I thought it was amazing. Yeah. Well, as long as we all agree that Sivern was a piece of shit character, um, what did you guys think about NPCs? <laughs> <laughs> I liked I liked Sivern. He was basic, but that's okay. I, I know. I, I'm yeah. just giving. A, I'm just obviously giving Enoch uh, shit I, because he's not here to defend himself. <laughs> Good call. So, I mean, Enoch doesn't even have to defend himself because he was playing Barry's character. Yeah. Um, but you know that he built a very salt. He 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 built a heel bot and. Heal and bot he did. He could do a lot of different things, which is cool. Yeah. Uh yeah, I was uh I was really surprised at how uh you know ridiculously effective uh he was, especially in the later game. You know, we really wouldn't have got anywhere without him. Um well even in the early game when it was Barry, that that's kind of what held us up for so long. Is that yeah, if, Barry, true. If, if Sivrin wasn't there, I couldn't tank yet because they didn't have displacement yet. And uh no one else could heal because we didn't have enough t- uh healing guns. Uh, to go around so like if he wasn't there it was like well the the 3d can the 3 dps outrace the clock uh yeah the 4 yeah. dps um um i definitely feel that i also you know i it, i didn't feel very tanky on uh on Colbjorn, but i actually kind of was to a certain extent um i definitely died a lot and everything but i i was uh i i felt like i uh had a good amount of hp and an okay enough ac that um i wasn't uh you know getting completely demolished in these fights from like a from like a fightery kind of perspective um so anyway what do you guys think about npcs i thought Hmm. i thought mad peter was pretty cool I thought he was an interesting guy. <laughs> I probably didn't give him enough. I, I don't think I played him quite well enough for him to... He was better written than I could play him. Oh, dude. I liked the dudes who had the cut-off lips who rubbed drugs on those cut-off lips or something. They were great. <laughs> I'm trying to remember which... Oh, oh, back way, in way scrap back. wall. Yep. Oh, all the lipless ones. Yeah, and to properly do the voices, I stuck my lips to my gums and tried to talk still. That That's... is that 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 is kind of hard. <laughs> it's kind of hard to talk like this. Yes, it's kind of. I, I I think that's I think that's part of why I like Scrapwall so much. Uh, I kind of almost agree with you. Uh, he definitely uh, stands out. Though I did like the uh, was the ogre with the chainsaw. That was great. That was just so Oh, it great. was an orc. Uh, or the orc, uh, you know, I just... Uh, it, that, that, the arena fight in, uh, in in Scrapwall was super cool. I liked the leader of the Falcons uh, that we were working with. Uh, I don't know. I don't really have one, one good answer. Well, all right. To be honest, I was actually kind of surprised from an NPC perspective that we didn't spend more time with... Um, uh, the, who were the, what were the, 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 the guys in Torch, uh, I can't even remember their names, it's been so long. Um, 
actually, like, who spent, are you talking about? We spent we spent the first session uh, saving the little girl, and then we went and found the guy uh, in the pod, and he's an android, and he's the guy that we're all connected to. What the, I'm totally blanking oh. on his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's uh, <clears throat> I know who you're talking about. He's the wizard, right? Yeah. What did what was his name? Yeah, yeah. Oh, crap. Right. <laughs> oh, from Connor. From, yeah. yeah, Connor. Yeah, right. I so my my expectation for the game was that uh, the little girl was going to be an like some kind of chosen one android, and we were going to have to like. Uh, uh, almost, you know, almost like The Last of Us, something along those kinds of lines. Like we were gonna have to protect her and keep her safe. That was just kind of like my, based on nothing, expectation of what the game was uh, from the first book. Um, and I was kind of surprised that, uh, yeah, I was kind of surprised that we like left Torch so thoroughly behind uh, in comparison to how how the how the game kind of just moved forward. So would you have liked that better? You think? No, I, I, it's not really a better or worse thing. It's just my. It was just what I was expecting. It was just what I was, you know, uh, what I thought was going to happen uh, based on nothing. <laughs> you know, based on me just looking at it and thinking about it. Um, I, I, I. That's kind of the, the story that I thought they had in mind, which, you know, was not the case. <laughs> okay, so. Um, what other kind of stuff do we want to talk about for Iron Gods? I thought the tech rules were really good. I'm really interested in seeing how they would work in a tech-only game. I am similarly interested. Uh, though honestly, I kind of fear that I, I think it I think it would work out, uh, but I definitely fear that a certain subset of um, player type. Yeah, it it would it would create a very strange party. Uh, in my experience, like what what we you would, we would just be missing so many so many things because there's so much magic and kind of magical stuff. But the thing is, like from a class perspective, you can make the wizard grenades. You can make your DPS guns or chainsaw. Or a lightsaber or something. I don't know. Wait, is they... there a lightsaber? I'm surprised Not that there isn't. really. Um, uh, there are some things that yeah, were kind like of lightsabers, super... but there wasn't anything that was directly a lightsaber. Gotcha. Uh, there was the plasma torch, which was sort of like it, except it was only like a six-inch blade. With like a huge fucking handle. Yeah. So it was more of a light dagger I, I feel dark. like I, I i feel like lightsaber having come from a background in star wars rpgs um i feel like lightsabers are only workable in situations where this you know the star wars rpgs has a lot of rules about lightsabers for obvious reasons um and they really only work in the context of that world, right? Because because the world is so lightsaber focused, it makes a lot of sense. But if lightsabers were just kind of a one off thing here, I feel like they would be way too powerful. You know what I mean for the fantasy that they're purportedly trying to fulfill. Uh, so it kind of makes sense to me. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I feel like if I wanted to play a, a full tech game, I'd rather I'd rather play Shadowrun. Um, um, yeah, that's another good point. I definitely think that 
I don't know. It was it was good. I I like the intersection of magic and technology in this game. I thought that was really unique. You know, it's not something that could be replicated in other places or in other games. And uh, I don't know. I like it a lot. I gotta say, my archetype really did that well. I feel like Spellslinger dancing two gigantic guns was awesome. Yeah, that that. I don't really think I out. would play a Spellslinger if I had to use just regular guns. It just wouldn't be as entertaining. I had two gigantic guns. I had stupid amounts of attacks all the time. Yes, it was great. Spellslinger as an archetype is, is not... Having played with it myself, it works in specific situations if you want to do specific things or if you're okay with taking kind of the power cut. Oh, yeah. But it, it is a huge hit, I think, in terms of power. But um, um, but it works really well into the text slinger archetype. I think. I, I think yeah, one hundred percent. And I definitely think, like you said, you know, I think there are other off builds where it works in the context of, um, you know, other games. You, you could play this in Carrion Crowned and uh, yeah. and be just as fine if you if you focus kind of in the right way. And it's just, cutting half of your schools is such a gigantic uh, flexibility uh, hit. That you have to like really walk into it knowing, knowing what to do. Wasn't you a spell slinger though? So yeah, that's what he cut half his spells <laughs> right, for. Not saying. technomancer. The 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 spells being cut in half is a gigantic power hit. So I feel like you really have to. Uh, to be honest, we probably shouldn't have recommended this to a guy whose you know first game was uh, was D anD. d Can you guys hear those sirens? Yeah, yeah. going nuts. Yeah. In the, yeah, listeners, this is real time. This is what it's like. <laughs> We play uh, D&D in the gutter. We probably should not have <laughs> recommend Spellslinger to do for his first character. Like, what were we thinking? Uh, it turned out quite well, though. Yeah, no, it, it turned out great. Right. It worked out super well. Um, it's kind of a miracle, though. Is yeah, what the, I mean. It's, it's one of those where um, one of my kind of mainstays for for new players is always kind of let them play exactly what they think they want to play and then kind of uh kind of work with them on that so that their first experience is good and i i think you kind of hit that experience pretty perfectly huh i did not know that i i wonder how i feel about that principle well that, that's probably a, a thing to get into I mean, in he gave me exactly what i wanted i asked him for a wizard with guns and he was like here's wizards with guns did you ask for a wizard with guns, or I did, did I recommend wizard with no, guns? You, no, he did. Recommended and then we... that I be a wizard so I could be a technomancer. But right. technomancers don't have to have guns. And then, true, I, and then I think Mango was the one who said that you could be a spellslinger. Exactly. It's like I want to be spell. If I'm going to be a wizard, I want to be a wizard with guns. Went from there. So as a party, do you guys think that it was pretty like evenly distributed? Because I was generally happy with it. I think as a whole, we were very like diverse with our skill set, but there was enough redundancy that like one person going down didn't completely screw us. Particularly towards the end when we had the heal guns. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. Um, I don't know actually. How do I think about that? To a certain extent, I think the early game was rougher. Um, yeah, it, it took a while. Like early game, it I took. Was it felt like it took a while for Muher and Atticus to like really turn on. Uh, but then yeah. you know when they did, they turned on really hard. Um, I think Atticus I think... and Muher were the most powerful late game characters, so that arc makes sense uh, from a power curve perspective. 
Yeah. What do you think? Go, go on. What do you think about Pelox? Uh, yeah, his power curve was also kind of there. It was, it was uh, kind of... I feel needed to get guns first. You know what I mean? Right. Um, highly highly so, gear dependent, I guess. Yeah. I, so in, in a certain sense, like in, in a certain sense, I kind of feel like the game was myself was Colbjorn and Sivran were kind of carrying the early game. I felt like Colbjorn was very powerful. Uh, you know, in that basically because trips are so good early game from like a CC perspective that worked out really well for us, and then. Uh, and then kind of as the game got on, I mean, this is a typical martial progression, I suppose. As the game got on and on and on, um, we were overtaken just by the the synergy of the Tech Slinger uh, and the natural power curves on uh, Atticus and Muher. So I don't know that that power curve is actually all that natural because of that robe. <laughs> uh, you know, I think that Atticus would have just kept going with his standard, you know, uh, um, like, the level 20 power didn't do anything for Atticus, so it's not like that got picked up. And he sure, kept but going the with level the... 16 power at whatever yeah. level, oh, no, uh, no, no. I, I think that was that was a pretty big, big power spike. Um, oh, oh, absolutely. Um, but it was still, um, it was still a lot of, a lot of, um, what's, what's the way I want to put it? I would have kept bull rushing people. I would have kept just playing the character I was playing. And I think, the really the biggest power spike was definitely the um uh was definitely the level eight um displacement because that's really what allowed me to kind of do what I want as it were. Uh yeah, I probably agree with that. It was probably a little less flashy, um, to a certain extent. Like that was uh there was almost like a hidden power. To a certain extent, of, um, yeah. of Atticus, but you know, I think um, if I were going to do it again, I might not play the same character that I actually did. Like in the sense of, I would probably have built Velox a little differently as far as the characteristics. I go. would have gone Tech Slinger four and then Group <laughs> five. <laughs> no, but like, but actually, I think I probably would have just gone like straight gunslinger. I feel I think a little that bad been more because I feel a little bad because I kind of feel like the you took almost like a power hit to get snapshot, which we didn't actually end up capitalizing on as much oh, as I yeah. thought we would, um, which it is kind out. of my fault. I, I, think, I think part of it is that around the time he got snapshot was around the time I got the the robe that let me turn into an Andrews thing, and so I went from bull rushing thing. If I had bull rushed somebody through was was consistently bull rushing somebody through uh, Felox's era of opportunities, attack of opportunity zone, that would have been amazing. Um, That's true. Also, we're also we were also getting into the point where it was less and less consistent for me to be able to trip people because yeah. they were flying with perfect maneuverability, or they had like a million fucking legs. Um, I mean, thankful I was able to trip people all the way up to the end of the game, so I'm not bent out of shape about it. Uh, but the the percentage of enemies that were possible to be tripped uh, certainly decreased uh, as we got higher and higher, uh, and it takes time to unlock snapshot. So the the other thing I was thinking about from Colbjorn's perspective is uh, I you know I really like I really like pummeling strike. I thought pummeling was like the perfect style or whatever. But I really wanted to like go deeper into some of the other style feats. I love jabbing style. I think it looks great. And and it wouldn't have worked in this game because hardness was such a thing. But I feel like in another game, a, a jabbing uh, a jabbing brawler 
would be just like awesome to play as uh, because the style is really well done. Um, honestly, I like these. I like the later half style feats. The style feats that go three six nine to get uh, you know your max style um, because they are powered at the like keyed to ninth level as the capstone. Um, I felt like are a little bit more are a, a little bit less interesting than pummeling and uh, and jabbing style which are six nine twelve uh and so you get your capstone three three levels later where it's it can be it can carry a lot more oomph uh and do cooler things did you guys feel you had any um on the subject of snapshot anything that was underutilized that you thought you would make more um effective utilization of I think as far perfect, as your skills and stuff go. The perfect scenario of uh, of the brawler is kind of impossible to, to hit because I just don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of every combat feat. I was more or less using martial flexibility to buy uh, either super situational feats. There were plenty of times where, like, you know, I bought uh, dodge and mobility to you know, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to yeah, uh, gotcha. get a bunch of attack of opportunities, right? I'll swift action, dodge mobility, right? That kind of thing. Um, but I didn't really use it as like the truest of flexibility as it, as it could have been, right? I kind of had a small library of maybe twenty or so feats uh, that um, I just I constantly pulled from. You know, the whole early game, I basically used it eighty percent of the time to grab key throw. So I was really using it as just here temporarily. You have a different feat, like um, I don't know. Yeah, I kind of feel that. I think it would have been more interesting to see you adopt different styles, though. That's something I kind of regret. That you know, you turn into a little bit of a punch bot, but there was like a lot of room to do some other cool stuff. But again, yeah, the that tough thing is a lot of those. Um, the tough thing is getting three feats at once costs a full standard action, which almost never felt worth it. Uh, and the other thing is most of the style feats feel keyed to monk more than to brawler. Um, you know, there were a couple of times where I took uh, – there were a couple of times where I took dragon style. But dragon style second and third feats aren't actually all that good, right? Uh, the first feat is really good. You know, it, it allows you to power – lets it, you like run over difficult terrain, Yeah, right? it allows you to charge over difficult terrain and it adds a bunch of strength power to your uh, 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 to your unarmed strikes so they're one and a half instead of one, right? But the second one is an elemental fist thing, which I'm never going to take. And the third one is an improvement on that elemental fist thing, which I'm never going to take. So it's just like – you know, and a lot of those feats felt that way. Uh, the notable exceptions that I did actually take a couple of times in the campaign were like boar style um, – which what did was, Boar, when did you take Boar Style? I took Boar Style. I think it was in Scar of the Spider. Uh, I took Boar Style um, because it was almost kind of like a Vital Strike thing. I, you know, to be honest, I'm almost blanking comparatively. Uh, where I was running around a lot and then hitting people, and Boar Style allows you to like rend up, uh, rend up your damage. Uh, where I wasn't able to get. Uh, I don't really remember off the. Oh no no no! I do remember what it was. Sorry. Boar style allows you to switch the damage type, right? And we were in a place where they had DR bludgeoning, but not DR slashing, I guess? Um, so I adopted the full extent of boar style so that my full attacks weren't getting, uh, you know, weren't getting killed by this uh, this DR bludgeoning so that I could use it and I could get past it with, with the slashing damage. Interesting. 
but that but like you know that was one fight in scar of the spider right like right um, I feel like originally when i started this game i don't know i didn't know much about how anything was going to go i took a bunch of like illusiony magic for disguises and voice altering. I was like, man, I'm going to be the sneakiest motherfucker ever. I'm going to do this all the time. And then it just didn't happen. Until like, until finally we got to book five. And I became the sneakiest motherfucker ever. <laughs> and um, then it was all worth. I think uh, that uh that's that's just kind of an artifact of the game being very dungeon focused. Um, this isn't, you know, there there are obviously certain APs that are very like super RP friendly. Uh, you know, like uh, I don't know, off the top, Kingmaker and uh, 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 the whatever the, the what's the Wuja one, the Jade Jade Regent, uh, right? This is very much in kind of giant slayer territory where it's like uh it's super dungeon focused, super mechanics focused, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Drew, did you feel like you, you, you really explored all of the power of the tech slinger? Or the technomancer? Was there anything you didn't get to do that you wanted to do? No. Let's take a look. And uh, Nick, um, how do you think of the the robots as enemies? Because I know that they they were a lot of. <laughs> so one of the things that wasn't That's very clear to thing. me to start off with was how exactly the hardness and the stat line was supposed to work. Uh, I ended up having to go to the forums to try and get a word of God ruling on that. Um, and word of God basically said, well. It basically works as a combination of uh, DR and universal energy resistance. Huh. Yep. I don't know. I, I like the robots a lot. I thought they were uh, oh, yeah. flavorful enemies. Uh, that's something that I think you know, this is a problem I have typically. I really favor humanoid enemies and I typically don't go like for crazy, crazy monsters. Um, but that can get a little... Not like stale, but like, uh, I don't know, something like stale, but not. Um, and so oh, I, I, I thought, I thought, you know, there was, uh, it, it was great thematics in the sense of obviously there would be all of these robots, but you could also have a ridiculously wide range of them, right? So sometimes you have these Captain Falcon robots, uh, you know, who are medium <laughs> sized and they're saying, show me your moves. And then sometimes, you know, we're fighting Annihilator Scorpions. Um, which, that by the way, is another is another yeah, highlight of really mine. Good. The the Annihilator Scorpion fight in the the first one we were the when they were trivial. Ooh, that's another the, favorite. Now was that in the I first remember. book? Where where was that? I think that was the scrap fourth. I didn't meet one before the fourth book. But yeah, like uh, I, I one of the in things the fourth actually, book, didn't we like oh, test the Annihilator the and it was our book, pet as we like dragged well, it in the second the book we fought. We yeah, fought in a, the second uh, book you fought yeah. something like the Annihilators, but it wasn't an Annihilator. Oh, okay. I actually didn't realize that. I thought it was. Uh... I thought it was like an annihilator that had been like like fucked up and was really damaged or something like that. Uh, but I don't really remember off the top of my head. I just no, remember. It was I remember the chassis. Oh, oh, oh yeah, right. you're right. Yes, yes, you're right. I that that's exactly what I'm thinking of. Uh, See, yeah, I, you're I, right. I really liked thematically at least the fact that robots are vulnerable to critical hits. 
Um, you know, so that was really cool. Like, yeah. like the, the idea that it's like, well, if you hit them in just the right place, they're machines, so they can't compensate and they start to fall apart faster. I, I thought that was that was really neat. Um, especially because it just made critical hits that much more impactful, especially against enemies you usually had a way to mitigate your damage otherwise. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I uh, I really liked the robots. I thought the robots were great. I thought Hellion was also great. I liked Hellion taunting us uh, in the in the room Nick with the monitors. Nick had some good burns. Nick had some sick burns. Yeah, that, that I remember was, that, was that was cool. Uh, I think this is also <laughs> this also just adds to why I like that that chapter so much. I enjoyed what controlling was... all the. Robots. I, I have no idea what insults I used. I was just kind of ad-libbing for the most part. I remember part. at one point that there were all of these monitors and we were breaking yeah. the monitors. Yep. And you said something that was really funny. and I, We all laughed. But I can't remember what it was for the life of me. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I guess I, yeah, I have no idea. Um, What do you guys think was the worst chapter or the weakest? Like if those are the strongest three, I think the the tower that was uh not, not the the rest of the chapter was ah eh, man I actually don't know I have to think about this more. I, I thought the, the, uh, the, the Yadinvay chapter was a little weaker. That's the third one with the tower. Well, the thing was is, it? I actually liked Yadinvay, but I hated the tower. I thought the tower was uh, well. I didn't hate the tower. I just I hated the map for the tower. It was super claustrophobic, and I couldn't get my charges. And it was just like fuck this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, oh, and they were ghosts. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, dude, ghosts fucked us throughout that entire campaign. Because yeah. we're like, oh, well, we're done with ghosts. We're oh, dude, do ghost remember when one of you guys <laughs> walked into a closet and you immediately suffocated? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. that was really oh, funny. Yeah, I don't know. I think, I think it was the Chapter 3, the Choking Tower is what it's yeah. called. Uh, I'm going to go against the green. I I didn't... Like, the Scar of the Spider, some of the stuff was fun there, but it just didn't... It felt like, and here's a side adventure, go do that yeah. for a book, because we don't know what else to put here. Like, they, they do a lot of weird and random things that never come back again. Like, there are some aliens. And they teleport away to another planet. Oh, yeah. yeah, I do remember that. I oh, that I, what I liked about Scar of the Spider is I kind of got into it from an ex exploration perspective, right? We had that big map, uh, and that was pretty satisfying. Uh, but, um, yeah, what were we even doing? Do you remember what we I were getting? Remember. Sandily, no, in, 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 the, in the in in the in uh, in the choking tower. What was what was the purpose of the choking tower? The, the, there was a demon that we were trying to find the AI core, right? No, the, or something like oh, that. Oh no, 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 no! no there was, was a demon we locked in the basement there of was a gin or something. There was a, there was something locked in the basement of of the Yadinve, and he needed us to like release him by going to the choking tower, but the guy had died or something like that. Oh yeah, I right. And he that. wouldn't give yeah. us the. And he would tell know, us the information, information to go find Cassandly. Yeah, God, that just felt that. See, that felt like. <laughs> added on you know like. honestly i think what would have been great and you know obviously i think with our party makeup and the players and gm themselves this might not have worked but it would have been cool to have cassandra be another pc of sorts like at least another voice on the channel i think that would have been interesting to kind of develop like what is a person who has no body like how do they interact with you and that way it would give them more of a presence throughout the rest of the campaign yeah one of the things that i kind of felt 
bad about as a GM was not being able to properly make a Sandly a quality NPC. Um, like, I'm not the best at NPCs in general. Um, I'm more of a let's give you guys a situation and figure out what kind of dub shit you come up with and run with it from there. Yeah, that's actually, I think, an interesting thing to, to kind of explore at some point. Um, is, is something like, can you make a character like, like you'd have to obviously give her something to do during combat, but if you could get, like, a guest player to come up and play play that character as as, as a voice, um, and like like you said in the channel, like, I guess eventually you, you do give her the body with uh, right. with Mark's waifu. <laughs> like, I mean, that aside, like, you know, in, a, in just any campaign, like, what is it like to have a voice of a player and how do they interact with it? I think that's a really interesting I, I actually, I actually kind of think that it would have, that, that idea, like, running with that idea would have been super neat. Like, I like the idea of adding almost a sixth person. Uh, I, th- I Honestly, I just like the idea of adding a sixth person who plays as Consandly and, uh, you know, and is an AI and uh, th- this would probably require more homebrewing than would be uh, otherwise, you know, palpable. Yeah. But, but like, I, I love the idea. You know, could you imagine a Cassandali who, like, temporarily possesses, like, robot bodies uh, that you that you guys are fighting kind of thing? And being able to be that character who comes in at level 10, you know, you don't have a body, you're an AI. I, I think that would be so fun and so neat to to play yeah, it's, like, it's, almost, yeah. it's like playing a droid um in uh in the in the second edition version of star wars droid consciousnesses uh or consciousness can be like transferred and you can like upgrade your droid and everything like that but they don't gain levels conventionally so you could upgrade your droid and you did get better and better and better but you know i had a i had a friend who started off more or less as a pit droid not exactly from like episode one and he ended up uh you know he like first he replaced his arm with a battle droid arm and then he got this big kind of chassis um from the magna droids that you know general grievous used and i think that kind of progression mirrored uh to conventional level progression is super neat that's super cool yeah, I really wanted to do all the become a robot and do all the cool robot things, but it got way too long. It was way too difficult and expensive. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really have rules for it, and I didn't really have any ideas to how I wanted to go about doing it for you. That I kind of made it exorbitantly difficult so that uh, I wouldn't have to deal with it. Yeah, like, integrated it weapons, I, it man. It, integrated weapons. It totally is the would shit. have cost a lot of resources and time. To like create a like to create a powerful enough homebrew engine to to make that work. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't think any. I don't think any of us hold that against you. <laughs> yeah. So before you guys settled, I'm actually interested. Before you settled on like let's troll Mark and Barry, what were your character concepts? You know, like I, I'm just legitimately curious. I, I just wanted to. I, I wanted to play a Blood Rager. Um, and the arcane thing was like, it just seemed like the neatest one at at, at the moment to me. Just, um, maybe if I had played like, it seemed to be the best one for kind of like the circumstances, um, in the campaign, also the most flexible if I wanted to kind of move something around. And, and I think I wasn't exactly sure what I, I think I kind of wanted to do the librarian thing, but I wasn't really sure. And then, um, and then you guys posted your thing and it was like, I looked at Buddy and we we're like, "Well, this kind of writes itself." 
<laughs> um, honestly, I'm gonna I'm about to like lose all of my like intellectual cred uh, to any of these listeners that think I have any to begin with. I was really into Entourage at the time. Oh you know, Jesus! This garbage TV show Entourage, but I was really into it. And I was watching all of Entourage, and uh, for those of you guys who don't know, there's this character in Entourage named Ari, who is he? You know, he's the guy's Jewish uh, uh, agent, and he's so over the top, and he's a dick, but he's like funny and. Out- outrageous and he has all of this uh he has all of this energy and i really wanted to try and channel that as much as i possibly could um and then we settled into uh and then i kind and then i stopped watching entourage and i realized that it is a terrible vapid television show that i had no business liking uh and uh um we settled into our let's make let's let's parody let's parody mark and barry I mean, it worked, right? Yeah, it was also, I, I, you know, it was one of those things where, uh, I, I don't mean this as a diss on you, Nick, or anything like that, but I feel like if I had played a more typical me character, I would have ended up in a frustrating spot uh, in the sense of, like, you know, like, really, really story-driven, like, hardcore, you know what I mean? Like, this isn't the game for that, right? And so I, I knew walking into it that I, I had to play something a little more broad and... and uh, uh, that I wasn't going to take ridiculously seriously because the game wasn't going to take me ridiculously seriously. Uh, and it would have just been a point of frustration for me either way. Um, so. Any uh, closing remarks? I, 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 don't, I thought I don't, it was yeah. great. I, it was a yeah. really great yeah, campaign. No, it, was, it was definitely a great time. I want, I want to take a moment to say thank you, Nick. For dealing Thank with you, us Nick. and for running this excellent <laughs> campaign, yeah, through the bullshit and and and, and <laughs> the brilliance, I feel like the bullshit was like that was that was the point, you know? What yeah, I mean? like the whole yeah, game was just about you know the bullshit, uh, which you know, yeah, I'm with it. I like that. Anything else from you, Jew? Any closing thoughts from from the newest player? Actually, maybe that's a good thing to ask because we still have a couple minutes. Um, you, what, what, what was this like? Is this is your first foray in, into D and D? What did you think of D and D? Will you continue playing? I am very interested in playing, man. As we've gone through this, I like kind of just since we've got this giant old website full of all kinds of information every once in a while just kind of glance through things i'll be like man that's something cool if we play again i might play that oh he's got the thirst what would you what he's got the thirst what are you thinking like what what interests you from a perspective of playing again Mm -hmm. like what what in particular class yeah like like if you were to play you know like completely out there right mango is starting a game and we have no idea what we're playing what what class would you would you want to play a scald yeah oh my god, god. A scald, man. damn it oh. <laughs> a scald i want to be BRB a fucking killing myself i want to be a fucking raging trumpet player who blasts <laughs> fucking Oh, that was the perfect answer, Jew. You know, it's funny. I, I want to take this moment to address. I, 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 I hate the skull. I really do. The skull bugs me what? a lot. But actually, Don't on worry, further I love rereading, the skull. But if I was... I, 
I have actually like I I went back I went back uh, not all that long ago and reread all of the ACG classes and I still think the the scald is the, my my core problem with the scald is it should be an archetype in my view right so it's like the the problem with the scald is the opportunity cost of it of its existence I think there are other hybrid classes that fight for that spot and it's taken up by this glorified archetype right but actually on further rereading of the advanced class guide I actually think the scald is better than the shaman like if there's any class in that in that guide that I think is straight up bad I think it's the shaman right uh, completely mixed completely mixed mechanics uh completely what what weird flavor uh it just seems like this like it's it's like it's like a david cronenberg class you know just like all all fucked up and doesn't make any sense and is like terrifying to behold uh when i look on it with fresh eyes um i don't know i like scald so Jew, next time next time a game runs around that i run uh you can you can you can play your scald and I think I, I think that's kind of like the, the the perfect way to end end this cast with 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 the Jewish scald, uh, the threat the threat of scald. All right, uh, listeners, uh, as as this cast indicates, um, Iron Gods is over. Um, uh, are we? Are you guys playing Rune Lords next week? Uh, Monday? No. Because, well, because you're gone, right? I, I'm are we, gone, are we but playing I without guys, Manga? I, I don't know if you guys are going to play without me or not. Oh, if you're gone, yeah, then we're not playing. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna be, so we're you've got a break for the next week. Then the week after, um, it'll be Rune Lords, and then Hell's Rebels starts on the tenth. Correct, buddy? Yes, Hell's Rebels is going to be starting on February tenth at six thirty p.m. Um, uh, six thirty uh, Pacific, nine thirty Pacific time. Yeah, nine thirty, nine thirty Eastern. Um, and uh, any other details? Uh, if you wanna. You want to email us to tell us if you guys have played Iron Gods. You want to tell us your thoughts or tell us why the Scald is the best class for you to play forever. <laughs> you can email us at some derpsplaygames at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter and all of those things, and I'll put links in the description. Um, and uh, I guess that's about it. Anything uh, you guys want, anything that our guests wanted to, to pimp? Nope, I'm good. I would like you to pimp my ride. <laughs> no, that's not gonna okay. happen. All right then. Farewell, um, loyal listeners. Uh, actually, real, real quick, Nick, do you know when uh, Shadowrun's gonna start? Uh, no. Okay, so not that. So until next <laughs> time, dear listeners. <laughs> that's fine.